Today is January 1, 2024. Happy New Year. Unconventional episode this week and a really fun one at that. Let's talk rumors, pitching, platoons, breakouts, and basements. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined here in our parents' basement again by my brother Jake in the flesh. Let's go. It's good to be home, man. Yeah, so this is going to be maybe interesting because I had my Surface here ready to do the video and the whole nine yards. And I got a black screen and nothing working, so I don't know if we'll have video for this or not. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. So we uh, we are recording it on the camera, and I, I don't know if it's going to translate over to video or if we're just going to do audio. But either way, we'll have something. Yeah, and you can. We'll probably you'll probably see a dancing picture or something on YouTube, maybe. Oh, I could probably yeah. figure something out, or I don't put the time or into it. or you're looking at us right now, like, dude, we're we're looking at you. Yeah, we're fine. I can do like a picture. Good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> the one of the things that's funny about this is when you when you take this setup and you travel with it a little bit, you also lose some things like notes mm-hmm. and. You know, a good. So I have my phone here, and I'll be looking through some things. But um, it's been a week. It's been a week. So you've had a busy week this week, yeah. right? Traveling. Yeah. Fifteen hours in a car with two dogs. Yeah, that's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it my fault? <laughs> you decided. Yes, you decided to do that. Yeah, but did I have a choice? Oh, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying here. All right, let's not throw anybody under the bus. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and we had family at our house all week, too, this week. So as far as, like, between working and spending time with family, this is, like, one of those weeks. And I think a lot of people you could are are kind of in that same boat. They're like, yeah, "Yeah, we're not, you know, we get it. Mm -hmm. It's that time of year. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's been been pretty fun, cool week. Um, But it's not without... Stuff to talk about. Right. Um, wish it was about signings. <laughs> wish it was about pirates actually doing something. I wish it was about us signing people. Well, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. We're, there were other signings happening around the league. Um, I, I, some trades. It's hard to know like what is actually applicable like to our situation, right? Right. So Lucas Giolito signs with the Red Sox. It's hard to know if we were ever even in on that. Right. You knew he was going to get money. A lot of people are kind of under the impression that he is another one of those reclamation project type guys, but he didn't quite get that money. He got somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. If he's the Giolito for the White Sox last year, yeah, let's go. 20 million. But if he's the one with the Angels and the in the in the, in the Guardians, <laughs> yeah. then you're saying, "Okay, maybe the 16 range." So he gets 18 with a buyout of I think a million and a half depending on who declines and who uh declines the option for the next year. So sure. he's guaranteed 19 or 19 and a half. It could go up to 38 and a half or something like that. I forget. Yeah. So anyway, were the pirates ever in the ballpark for somebody like that? I I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know if they even checked in on him. He was a name that I had talked about. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know if that's ever been a realistic thing. Yeah. We don't know if it was on Sherrington's tongue. No. Yeah. You know. No, and I <laughs> do we ever really do we ever really know? <laughs> right. It rarely leaks, and you know we've we've heard a lot of that, and I think we've talked about that before. The leaks they come from agents, they don't come from GMs, right. and so no, Sherrington's not going to leak anything. But I, I've said this before about agents. There's no like they say, oh, you know, and I've even said this. I, I just hope that we get announced in some things like we're interested, right? Right. But it, it doesn't help anybody to say the pirates are interested. Right. Well, I mean, at least, I mean, we're getting talked about in the uh, Yariel Rodriguez. Yeah. 
Cuban Cuban kid. Guy. Guy. He's yeah, like not, 20. Yeah, he's like 26, 27. So, right. yeah, and there is there is that. So the, what was the latest? The Toronto's ahead. Toronto's leading the way on that. Were which, they one which, of the three? Uh, we assumed. Gonna, I would assume. I'm going to just keep opening because, stuff up. Because, you know, they were, gonna, they were in the bid for uh, Yamamoto. So, I mean, they're obviously willing to pay some money. Right. Which kind of scares me on that front. Like, how into it are we? Or, yeah. Right. Are we getting the green light to spend money? Probably not. So, <laughs> that's a whole other thing, right? Right. Okay. So, it looks like, uh, according to this, Astros, Blue Jays, Pirates, and Yankees were in for it. Um, but we were looking for starters. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Here it is. Here it is. Boston, Pittsburgh, and Toronto. Are, have interest in Rodriguez as a starter. Cincinnati, San Diego, and the Yankees prefer him as a reliever. So you were like, okay, we're in the better half of that. Right. I, if you want to get him. Right. If you want to get him, you're in the better half of that. If you're somebody who's out there who says, I think he's a reliever too, then you're not in the better half of that. <laughs> if that's what your uh, you know, fan evaluation is of Yario Rodriguez. So... I guess I guess that's fair to say, but if you're saying you want to get him, which you're looking for rotation help. Right. There's rumor there's a trade out there. This would not be a trade. No. So let's think about that for a minute. You've got Mitch Keller mm-hmm. at the top. You need a number two. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cave on that. You need a number two. Martin Perez is not your number two. No. Then you've got Perez Gonzalez. And then that fifth spot, if that's Yariel Rodriguez, you've just blocked an opportunity. Right. Well, did you? Because is Marco Gonzalez going to get one necessarily? You know what I'm saying? So now he's kind of in that five spot of like, you got to earn it in a way. You know what I mean? I would say that Yariel Rodriguez would have a better shot uh, to make that rotation than Marco Gonzalez. If Quinn Priester comes in and deals, you might say, "Mm, we're going to go this route. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and Gonzalez has proven to be effective out of the bullpen. Probably more effective. Well, yeah, but I mean, you're still worried about him and his and his health and everything like that too. So there's more with Gonzalez that, like, it, even if I even if I sit here and say, okay, the rotation right now, I'm still holding out for number two, where I'm not going to budge on that. Right. We're saying we've got Martin Perez, Marco Gonzalez, and then one of Rowanzi Contreras, um, Luis Ortiz, Quinn Priester, shoot Bailey Falter. Right, let's throw him in there. And then that's probably it, right? So they're all yeah. going to be competing for a starting role. I would say those four initially, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to throw Jared Jones and Paul Skeens in there yet. Right. Um, but if you're saying that it's those guys fighting for that last spot, you could technically say they're sp- they're all fighting for the last two because if Marco Gonzalez is no guarantee, right? you may have Rowanzi and Bailey Falter. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. That was about perfect timing. Yeah. Oh, geez, guys. I hope that doesn't come through. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's pros and cons to uh recording in a basement. And uh we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a good cue to say. I think that's about enough of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this starting rotation. Well, it, where it's not gonna be it. That's not all the starting rotation we're gonna talk about. There are still, so, I mean, we just rolled right into the next thing, which is the rumors, right? Yeah. And that's all we have to go off of. And so Yario Rodriguez is one of the first things that's kind of on the board there is saying, this is a rumor that they're interested. This is something that they're looking to do. All of that. That's all good. Um, Trying to catch up here. Man, that's all I really have. Uh, I will say about the Giolito thing, uh, just, to, just to be funny, because I talked about this on one before. Why? How did he not sign with the Braves? Uh, because the Braves, I, no one really knows what they're doing this offseason. No. They're, they, they traded for Chris Sale. Well, Who? so Giolito signs with the Red Sox, and they get Chris Sale. But let's go back to the fact that Max Fried and Giolito went to high school together. Right. And Ronaldo Lopez, did I get that name right? I think so. They signed him, too. And he, they've never played on an MLB team without each other, Lopez and Giolito. Everywhere they've been traded together, even to the point that when they both were on waivers from San Diego, 
Cleveland picked them both up. <laughs> so like they've never not played on an MLB team that's not been together. Yeah. It's wild. That is wild. And I actually thought that when the Braves went after him, they were like, well, now we got Giolito. Yeah. Oh, granted, that's me injecting a lot of things, just trying to be funny. But <laughs> it's, it's just interesting to me that they they would take Chris Sale and give up Vaughn Grissom. Like, yeah, he was their number one prospect. Was he number one? No, I mean, I don't know if he was because he's, he's probably played enough to not be a prospect at this point. But he at one point, he was their number one prospect. When Dansby left, they were like, Vaughn Grissom's going to enter in. And then he just played himself out of it. He he and didn't they, do good. He didn't do very well. They tried putting him in the outfield. That didn't go well. Well, so thank you. You know, I'm over here saying didn't do good. He's well. He's not going to be on here, right? Because he's traded. Right. So now I got to look at the Red Sox. So he's probably no. He's not on the list anymore. Like you said, he's probably put in enough yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a good player. I, who who's been playing short for them? They had uh, uh Arias. Oh, okay. Arcia. That's right. Arcia. Yeah. Arcia. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Forty-one games, twenty-three in twenty-two, and then twenty-three games last year. I mean, he's good. Two eighty-seven yeah. so far in sixty-four games, five homers, on base of three thirty-nine. He's got an OPS plus of one hundred five. It was down a little bit last year, but a one nineteen that first year. So maybe last year was a little bit of a down year for him. But, but I think I think it's been the defense. Oh, okay. Um, they they didn't quite think he was ready to handle shortstop every day. Yeah. So then they put him in the outfield, and it's just no shortstop, second base. Well, they might have had him in the outfield in the minors. Oh, I thought they I thought they were shortstop, second base so far in the majors. Okay. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go over you know. But right, right. It's just interesting to me that yeah, Chris Sale's the guy. You know what I mean? What? No. Nah. I'm I'm hearing sound effects. Oh, still. You know. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to block but, them out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. Uh the Braves have been the trickiest team, I think. Yeah. They they they're it, not going to pay a bunch of money this time. Right. Because the Red Sox are sending over a lot of money. So That's fair. At least there's something there, but anyway, Braves probably should be because you can't just keep winning a bunch and not winning. Right. So you got the Braves. The, now, Took me a minute for that to register. What yeah. you just said. And then you got the Braves it. and the Dodgers both kind of trying to say, we're tired of just making it to the playoffs as the top two teams in the National League and then having other teams roll through us. Right. Wildcard teams at that. It right. hasn't even been the Central Division leader getting past them. It's been the wildcard teams. That are right. beating them. So I think they're both kind of on this mission. One of them will fall short. At least one of them. Sure. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. But that's what's really funny about this is that, you know, that I don't know if Chris Sale keeps pace with what the Dodgers are doing right now. <laughs> no, it does not. But I would think that their lineup's deeper than the Dodgers lineup is. I know we keep talking about Super Team. They have more superstars than anybody else. But the back half of that lineup is... It's not the Braves. No. The Braves are a complete lineup. It's their lineup scary. We we look at this stuff and we try to relate this to, you know, hey, I, I, I will be the first to say, and I'm not trying to do too much here, but I'll be the first to say, I, I don't hate this lineup that the Pirates are going out there with. I don't hate this defensive um this defense that the Pirates are going out there with, I still see a lot of growth that could happen. This could be a good... And then I look at a team like that in perspective and say, oh, geez, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we got to get hot. We got to get that much better. And granted, all those guys could play poorly, but it does kind of put things in perspective a little bit and make you think, like, how difficult this really is and how excited are you really in a in a bubble... We can look at our players and say, I feel pretty good about this guy and this guy. I think this guy could work in this situation. You try to put it all together and say, this might not be that bad of a team again. Right. It's certainly not a 90-win team, 
but it could be a team that that's around 500, which is, I talk about the rebuild all the time. 2024 should be the first year that you get to that 500 spot. You jump over it just a little bit, one or two games, whatever. That's the standard yeah. that has been set by so many teams. And then in 25, you take that leap because now you say, which guys worked out to get us there? Sure. And you got O'Neill Cruz hitting 30 homers. You're like, all right, we're good. You got Key who's breaking out. You say, all right, we're good. We got Reynolds. I mean, those guys, those two are signed. So you got that. If Jack takes another step forward, you say, we're good. Granted, I think that's eventually going to be in right field, right? Not, I think this year I'm fine with him in center. I know that there's a lot of talk about that, but right now he's the best option we have. He's going to give mm -hmm. you league average defense in center field. Eventually, I'd like to see that bat go to the corner, but you really got to look at the personnel. There's not anybody really. I mean, it's going to have to be a free agent or a trade to get right. center field, right? right? And anybody who just yelled Luis Robert at their speakers, stop. You're not getting him. <laughs> we don't have the prospect capital to get him because no. in order to get him, you have to overpay. The same, It's the same conversation that we had with fans of other teams for two years about Brian Reynolds. Listen, you're not getting Brian Reynolds unless you pay us too much for Brian Reynolds. Right. He's not worth that much. You're right. But we have him right now. So in order to in order to get him off of us, you have to overpay with players. Right. It's the same with Luis Robert. They've come out and said that several times. It's the same with Dylan Cease, too. What they ask for from Cincinnati is too much for a guy who, to be honest with you, I don't like the walks. His whip is high. He's too there's too many guys on base. I don't like it. I'm not willing to give up too much. For Dylan Cease. Yeah. And I'm on record saying, let's go to the Marlins. So here's where our here's where our our uh conversation of rumors goes to the trades, right? Right. Right. I like the Marlins as a trade partner. And I the reason I like it is because they need major league help. And that's what we can give them in right field. And that's why I think it's the perfect setup. Now, if another team comes in with a better right fielder, I get it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But they're looking for somebody to hit against left-handed pitching. At least they should be. That'd be the smart thing to be looking for because <laughs> that guy can't hit lefties. Yeah. And he's good enough to hit righties. Right. Maybe maybe it's Oliveris. Maybe we just do that thing. Go right through. I don't care. But for my money, you get more value out of Connor Joe. Mm -hmm. He also gives you first base. Now, granted, that takes away first base from our team. So Triolo is going to have to step up. Which a lot Which, of people want to give that to him anyway. Right, right. I'm okay with that. I mean, I was a platoon spot because I think a, I, I still feel that his value is is higher when he's playing more positions. Yeah, I think he's capable of playing every every position on the infield. Right. Let's um, let's go ahead and say it again. Even shortstop. Yes. Let's see him play short. I right. want to see it. I'm okay it. with that. <laughs> uh, but even if not, even if right. not, even you can if always it's, slide yeah. Peggy or, right. or or Gonzalez, yep, it, it would work. Yeah, it, would, it work. would work. And and I wouldn't I wouldn't hate any of them playing shortstop for for a game or two. You know, you know the the break right. games. Yep. You know, it cruises days off because let's just hope and pray he doesn't get hurt again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that that was our biggest blow last year, in my opinion. But yeah. it's fair. But yeah, the, I think Connor Joe is, I think he's more of a, a professional hitter. I know I've said a lot against Connor Joe. <laughs> and, more on that later. <laughs> yeah, more on that later. But but I've also been with you on the fact that, hey, I, I'm allowed to be wrong. I do it all the time. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's fine. Connor Joe's better than I thought he was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, he's a professional at bat every time he walks to the plate. 31 doubles last year. I mean, he played he played more than what he typically would. Right. And I think that there I think you're going to see some things some of the things about his game could be better. Sure. Had he not played uh as much as he did, as many as at bats as he did. Sure. He's a, he's a better hitter, he's more valuable those kind of things. But there is a little bit of uh um where I was going with that. Yeah. 31 doubles still. Like he still put up you know, good numbers that that tied our team with the lead, three mm -hmm. guys, and so, yeah, I mean, there's value there. You, if you want to get a good starting pitcher, 
you have to give up good players. Right. And it depends on what they're looking for. If you go to the White Sox, guys, I'm telling you, they're going to want to grab Tamar Johnson, Bubba Chandler, and Solomito all for Dylan Cease. Maybe even Jared Jones and, and swap one of those guys, something like that, to get a little bit closer if that's what they want. But they're going to they're gonna rob you. Mm-hmm. And while I'm like, yeah, you got to give that up, I'm okay giving them up. I'm not going to sit here and say that I need to keep all of them. There are a few guys that I don't want to get rid of. And yeah. I'm not comfortable, obviously, Paul Skeens. Right. I'm not comfortable giving up Tamar Johnson right now. Mm-mm. I don't know enough about Piguero and Gonzalez yet to know that I got one for a long time. Right. And if Tamar's going to be here in a couple of years, then I might need him to be here in a couple of years. You know <laughs> what I mean? And yeah. he seems like, right now, the best hitter we have in our system. Yeah. And I'm just not, I'm, I'm re- I don't want to see that blow up somewhere else if it's going to. Right. I'd like to see that one longer. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and then on top of that, I am super high right now on Bubba Chandler. He spent his first season last year without hitting. And I think this year it gets even better. Mm-hmm. And I, so I don't, I would like to keep a hold of him. I'm very clear about my left handed favoritism <laughs> as far as pitching. So Solomito would be tough for me too. I could, I could do it if I'm getting the right arm back. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, but to me, it would be a little bit of a, yeah, I'd like to see him a little longer too because he's the lefty. He's the closest right. lefty we have right now. And so you know that you've got two of them out there right now and we're sitting here we're we're having the conversation about possibly Jesus Lazardo, right? Let's get mm-hmm. into the into the the Miami rumors. There's Edward Cabrera and there's uh and there's Jesus Lazardo which have been said that they're willing to trade because they have a surplus at that position. They've got guys they're ready to call up. So they've got guys, right? Right. And they're no strangers to uh, to money either. So they're going to deal the guys who are closer to arbitration and, and let the younger guys come through the way that they will. And if you get Lazardo, you're like, yeah, but then that gives us three left-handed starting pitchers in our rotation. Maybe four. Could you imagine Bailey Falter <laughs> actually beats those guys out and you got four of them? No, I couldn't imagine yeah, that. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> and And I'm sitting here saying, yeah, what's the problem? Because... They're favored at PNC Park, but also let's remember that Martin Perez and Marco Gonzalez are gone right. after this year. So you get a longer term lefty, but also that's what that's where the Solomito thing comes in too. Is man, I'd like to just keep him around a <laughs> couple more years right. and you got that lefty already if he's gonna work out, you know what I'm saying? And but if you're getting the right guy, if Lozardo's the guy. I don't know that I wouldn't include Solomito if I had to to get him. Yeah. Just I mean, because you're getting a lefty who's going right. to be here for three, for a, four years. For a while. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the thing where I'm like, I think I'm okay with that one. Typically, I'd like to send Harrington because he's further off. I feel like that... I, I don't think that, that the Marlins would want a Jared Jones. Right. Because they, he's they too close. It. They already got that. They've already got that. So they don't want, they want somebody a little further away. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if it's, if they don't like Harrington and they like Solomito, which Solomito still, he's just in a double A, he'll start in double A this year. You're still looking at two more years. But even if that, even if they was like, yeah, but we really like Jared Jones, we don't like Harrington or we don't like one of these other guys. Um, then you might say, no, we'll just take them and then we'll just trade again from our surplus. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they'll just figure that out because they, they're trying to get their offense better. They're trying to get better on that side of the ball. And I think that no matter what it takes, they're going to, they're going to get the best guys they can get out of it. Yeah. But I want to throw in Bay. Mm -hmm. He's got three options. I think that's valuable. He's also very fast. I think that's valuable. The rest of his game, they can work on. Yeah. And I, I still, I still say, if he could just not play multiple positions, just stick to a position, just worry about that because he's not that good at any of them. <laughs> so just pick, just go somewhere where, where they can say, "Hey, you're you're going to be an outfielder." Because I, I I honestly think that's his best bet. Is you think his best bet is the outfielder? Outfield. I mean, we talked about that speed. He's yep. going to have range. He's got he the playmaking ability. Yep. It's all a matter of like 
we talked about terrible jumps, terrible routes. Those are teachable skills. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem like the pirates are all in on making that happen. Right. And if they're not going to do that, I don't know. It's going to have to be an all in effort to sell him out to learn center field. Frankly, we don't have the room for him in our outfield. Not right now, I guess you could say. Well, because offensively, he's not good enough. Because, uh, yeah, and offensively, we have bats that we need to play in our outfield. If you trade Connor Joe, now I know base splits are weird. He actually does have some success against lefties. I don't think that's the way you want to go with it because he also swings and misses all the time. Mm-hmm. But who do you, I mean, like, could he not beat out Palacios? if he was able to run down balls in the outfield. You know what I'm saying? Right yeah. now, right now. And actually, that's one of our questions. You know what? We've got some questions. Let's go to one. Because we're basically there. Yeah. We're, we're like, we're kind of segueing ourselves yeah. into these things, right? So one of the questions that we have um, is from Yark. As the roster sits right now, how do the outfield and first base platoons shape up as far as numbers and production. So as far as numbers and productions is one thing, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk numbers as far as like playing time. If you do, if you start, if you start with Reynolds is in left, we're done. Right. And then you say, because of who we have right now, let's just say Jackson center field, we're done. When you're looking in right field right now, you have Joshua Palacios, Mm -hmm. you have Connor Joe, and you have, uh, all of ours. I mean, so they're not all making the team, by the way. Right. Somebody and Cannon Smith and Jigba is also in this mix now that and we're Andrew saying Andrew McCutcheon and Andrew McCutcheon, who I think is still majority. I think he's mostly just helping. Yeah. If if all of ours does not make this team, there's McCutcheon's playing time in right field. If Connor Joe's at first, mm-hmm. McCutcheon's in right against a lefty, right? And that seems to be, all right, that's reasonable. Yeah. The problem comes in is if you go into spring and CSN and Palacios, neither one, are, are grabbing a hold of a position. If they don't, the platoon is gone. Right. So now, who's playing where? Because that opens up in a, the option of Sawinski being in right. And if Bay would show up in center, this is where I was getting. Mm-hmm then you actually could say that Bay could beat out Palacios for an outfield spot if he was selling out to learn center field. Yeah. And CSN, right? So there's a little bit of a situation there where it does open up for him. I've been critical of him in the outfield. Very critical. Rightly so. But if he sells out for that, those two skills that he did not have are teachable. Mm -hmm. They're learnable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Running routes, reading balls are things that you can learn. That is not a, just a natural gift. It's not like an arm strength. It's not like a, uh, the ability to make the extra play, which he already has. Right. Um, unfortunately for him, it's making up for his mistakes, but if he cannot <laughs> make mistakes, imagine the dude can yeah, dive for a ball. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like if, I think outfield is his best bet because of right. all those things you just said. And infield, he's shown he can dive for a ball, but then not be able to throw it afterwards. Right. Um, his arm has actually been a little bit favorable in the outfield. A little bit of a running start. You don't have to make that like double play ball that he doesn't do well. And so, yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. I think now that we're talking offseason and learn a position, yeah, I could see Bay working out in the outfield probably more so then at second base. Yeah. Give him a little bit of range. I mean, he cut off O'Neill Cruz on that ground ball that first day in Cincinnati. <laughs> and I thought, and they gave the guy a hit was the biggest problem I had with it. He did that twice to the shortstop. And both times they gave the guy a hit. And yeah. I'm like, those were both errors. Yeah. I think Bay made about four errors that they counted as hits last year. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so it, really the metrics could even be worse, but either way, if you kept Bay around, it does open up some some abilities. I was just talking last night. We were talking about Connor Joe and the possibility of him being traded to Miami and what that looks like and how some people were like, I don't really want to get rid of that. I don't think Telez gets us 110 games. So I looked it up. The Pirates last year 
faced for righties and lefty starters, a hundred and I'm going to try to get this right. 108 righties and 54 lefties. Does that add up? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's right. So that's what it was. <laughs> Locked in. We're going with it. <laughs> so Telez needs to give us 108 games. Maybe 120 if you count coming in for pinch hits and things like that. Sure. But essentially, if he only starts against righties, then 110 games is a pretty decent pocket for him to be in. Right. The question is, are you ready to go with Triolo for 50 of them? You know what I'm saying? At first base. Like, that seems to be a lot. So then the question comes in, well, how do you do that with Connor Joe? Because let's say Olivares doesn't make this team again and McCutcheon's not able to help out in right field, and you have Connor Joe, well, now all of a sudden, Connor Joe is in right field, and Triolo's back at first anyway. Right. So there are, I, I guess one of the things is, is there are a lot of options, and that's probably a good thing. Yeah, I mean, depth is key, right? If you trade Connor Joe, you do limit some of that, because Triolo has to step up now, because Kutch and Olivares are not options to come in and play first base. Right. So you do kind of step a little bit into, I don't know if, even though Joe might get you the guy, I don't know if that's the guy you want to trade. So I'm looking at this saying, I'm okay getting rid of him because it's fair for both teams. I think when you go into a trade, a lot of people are trying to see how they can like get the other team and win the trade. <laughs> a, right. a winning trade is one that works for both teams. Right. That's a real winning trade. Yeah. If you want people to trade with you, then make trades that they liked to make too. Right. And everybody always says, don't trade with the Rays. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. so like, you don't want them to it, not work it, out. Somebody, somebody put on Twitter the other day. It was like something about, the Rays are interested in your guy. Don't trade him. Just figure out why they liked him and make him better. Yeah, I mean, figure something. <laughs> and and don't the take the guy they're willing to give you right. is the other thing. Right. That, you know what I mean? Because he's probably, I mean, if it's Randy Arena, you know, you're probably going to be all right. But you know what I'm saying? Like they, they've traded away, like Willie Adamas has worked out really well for the Brewers. So right. it's not necessarily always the case that you're going to get a guy who's, who's um, Chris Archer or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But but the idea is that you you want it to be fair. And in order for me to feel like that trade is fair to get Luzardo, it has to be Connor Joe. I don't think Olivares gets it done unless you up your your minor leagues, um, like add another player. Right. Then you're throwing in like a Jordani De Los Santos or um, Sh Shalen Polanco or something like that. And and I know that there's some guys out there that'd be like, hey, whoa, 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 let's pump the brakes a little bit. We're not giving five players for one. You know what I mean? And so, like, say what you want. They're, they're going to know what they're asking for. We're all just making stuff up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing. And some people like Cabrera, that two-seamer that goes like 700 feet to the right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you, you don't go with the lefty there. I don't know if he's – the question is, I don't know if he's worth more or worth less than Lazardo. I don't really know. Yeah. Maybe the tools are there, but maybe Lazardo's a little more polished. I'm looking for a number two. I right. want the polished. Right. So to answer that, Yark, uh, in a long way, um, I, I man, I really don't know. I mean, I am going to be a little stubborn about this in saying, you signed Rowdy Telez. I don't care that you signed him for $3.2 million. Yeah. He has to play. If you're worried about him being healthy, that's a problem. Like, right. we shouldn't even be talking about that. What we should be saying is that you said, I got this guy, then he needs to pony up and play and be an adult and play 110 games. <laughs> be an adult. We're asking him to platoon. Yeah. If you can't ask somebody to platoon and give you 110 games against pitching that is going to be beneficial to your skill set, yeah. then don't even sign him in the first place. So... This is like one of those weird little things where I'm going to be a little bit stubborn and I'm going to say, this is what we're relying on until they sign somebody else. <laughs> and they right. could. They they could. I doubt that's going to happen. I think they saved their money here and that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. But I, I think in, in a sense, I'm sitting here saying that that's what it needs to be. It needs to be a straight platoon. 
Right field, I think, is going to be a spring training thing. I'm not totally sold that what we saw from Joshua Palacios last year is going to happen again. And I certainly am not saying that Joshua Palacios should have went into this offseason with a safe job. Right. I would have liked to have seen either a center fielder picked up or, and Jack Swinsky and Wright, mm-hmm. or just gone out and gotten a better right fielder. Yeah. And I think... I think Palacios, I think he's a good option. I actually like I like what he brings to the table majority of the time. I like that he has the the knack for the big moments. Um I don't know. I I don't think he's I don't think he should be your guy. Like this is getting super excited about Joshua Palacios, but at the same time I, I don't think he's a bad option. Like I'm okay with Palacios. I like like I said, I just I don't know. There's just something about him. I, I kind of like him. Yeah, and that's fine. So let me uh, let me look this up here just to just to say because what we got, we saw some, we saw some good, we saw some bad. Oh yeah. Uh, overall negative, right? Overall, ninety-one games. So straight platoon, which I don't think it would have to be straight platoon because I think McCutcheon could help out in some certain certain situations. This guy at two thirty-nine with an OPS plus of eighty-six. It's well below average. He did have a flair for the dramatic. He did hit 10 home runs. Is he going to get better? A lot A lot of times you say that. I am very bullish on Peguero's going to get better. Nick Gonzalez is going to get better. These guys are young. They, they, they're higher pedigree. They will get better. If they don't, then that happened, and that's fine. <laughs> but the expectation is right. that they improve. Joshua Palacios is not on that list. You know what I'm saying? He's he's 28 years old. He's he's been let go. He's not on that list where there's a guarantee he might be at his prime at an 86 OPS plus. He might be. He also might be a I'm going to use this term loosely. Okay. He might be like a Max Muncie. He might be a Justin Turner. You know, these yeah. guys that some somebody else gave up on, the Dodgers pick them up, he, they turn out to be good players. Now obviously number-wise like right. I don't see him putting up the 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 same numbers as those guys, but yeah. could still be a productive player. Yeah. Later on in life, not everybody comes up at twenty one and twenty two, and they're there to stay. Right. You yeah, know I'm, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I I just when I'm looking at that natural. Yeah. You know, like, and, do and I, I expect him to improve? Uh, I it, no, it's more like. Well, if he's going to play, I sure hope he improves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I still am not convinced that Kanan Smith and Jigba can't come in and take it from him. Oh, I'm with you there. And I like Kanan Smith and Jigba a lot, too. I'm real indifferent there, too, because, dude, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, gosh, can't we just... If Jack was in right field, man, we'd have a good defense out, or defense <laughs> out there. Like, that's the thing. Like, Jack yeah. is an above-average defender in right field. He's average in center. None of these other guys are average. I mean, we just got all of ours and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, he stinks. And we're like, what? <laughs> but he rakes against lefties. He's got a cannon for an arm and he's super fast. He just has no idea where the ball's going when it was hit. I don't really know even how that works. How do you have two mega tools? Did he play, did he play corner? Yeah, he's only played corners. And he's super fast and he's only played corner outfield. Probably because throw it's so bad. Center, throw him in center field, maybe he gets a better read. Who knows? Uh, they've probably tried I'm sure it. they've tried it, yeah. But And maybe the only reason he's in the corner is because his defense is bad. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of Kansas City's outfield is huge. Yeah, you but know, that can't you know, be. You know, PNC, right field is a trick anyway. Mm-hmm. Not many guys are going to play it really well. Everyone out there is going to look silly at some point. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of that right field. So... Does the gap actually close with a bad defender in right field? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, because he's like, yeah, he's bad, but so is everybody else. Right. So it kind of closes. He doesn't get worse. Sure. He's just as bad. Yeah. And so sometimes that gap can kind of close and you can kind of hide a guy in right field at PNC Park. Yeah. But that arm is invaluable because you knock a ball off the wall in the corner. You're not guaranteed a double if you've got a great arm. We saw Henry Davis shut a couple guys down. Yeah. And he was not good out there. He had a cannon, though. But he had a cannon. 
And so you're looking at the same sort of thing. It's like, well, he can probably be okay out there. <laughs> when he goes out there and he starts making a bunch of mistakes, I'll be convinced he's bad. Otherwise, man, if he can hit lefties the way that he has, I'm yeah. in. Yeah. I'm in. And the, the 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 distance, I mean, Kansas City's big too. Yeah. And he hit most of his home runs at home. So the the distance in left field in in Pittsburgh, I don't think I'm too worried about. <laughs> if he's still going to be five rows deep, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. So I'm not too worried about that. I don't really know as far as numbers. It, it really, to me, it's going to depend on if Connor Joe gets traded, mm-hmm. then I think it's going to really shake some things up. And I think that you're probably saying that you're asking a lot from Jared Triolo and you're not, you're not sure what you're going to get yet. I mean that we talked about the, the batting average on balls in play. That's not going to continue it's going to even out a little bit. That's not saying he's also not going to improve. Right. He probably will. And so there's still something there. I certainly would like to give him a number of at-bats, not like what they did to Nick Gonzalez last year, who didn't get near enough at-bats. Right. So I think there's enough to go around. Mm-hmm. But my biggest concern right now, to be honest with you, is the left-handed bat in right field. Because I'm just not sure that those that that I that I wanted like I wanted those two guys to go like CSN and Palacios should be going for a bench roll. Yeah. And instead we're talking about a platoon option in right field with two guys who are going to get the bulk. It'd be, it'd be even a totally different world if we were saying this was the guy we were going to play against lefties. Right. It makes it a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, and first base, once again, it's just what I'm saying. So as far as production, I don't know. Let's, let's do what? Let's do the positives. What do you hope for? Um, Telez plays 110 games, hits 25 homers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My goodness. Could you imagine? It probably, I mean, it'd be hilarious if it even happened that way, because it'd probably be more like he played like 90 games and got traded. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because if he's doing that well, we're probably dealing him. Yeah. If we're not in it now, granted, how many Arizona have last year? 84 wins. Yeah. So if you're flirting with 500, you're kind of in it anyway. <laughs> so you might not be dealing him. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that's where I'm at. Um, let's go ahead and go, let's stick with the, with the theme here. Connor Joe, uh, Michael from four, one, two, our friend, Michael from four, one, two, double play. If Connor Joe remains <laughs> with the pirates in 24, what is the minimum F war needed for Jake to buy his Jersey? This comes from last year. Yark, who asked the last question, uh, made a bet with Jake that if, that if he had a 2.5, I think it was. I think that's what it was, yeah. 2.5 F4, Jake would have to buy a jersey of Connor Joe. Or it started off with a jersey and ended up being, Jake said he would wear on every single episode in the off season, mm-hmm. he would wear a shirt that said, Connor Joe's my favorite player. And that's what he would wear for every podcast. He didn't have to do that because he didn't get the 2.5 <laughs> F4. So... Um, we're talking about a jersey. If he's with the team, what's the number? You're gonna I mean, st- he's pretty much stick with it. <laughs> it's a two point five because he's either he's in my opinion he's either traded, not gonna get enough at bats to get up to that that number, he's, he's, or too he's, many at bats and be, it's gonna lower like it did last year. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, we we can stick with two point five. <laughs> Feel comfortable with that. And like I said, I'm not even as down on him as I was last year. Right. That's true. I yeah. just I just don't know if 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 it's gonna equal that. This is a big thing, guys, because we we're gonna be critical of things that we think we want to be critical of. Mm-hmm. That's just I mean, we're we're not afraid to be critical of moves that are made, of people that are signed. I don't think uh I'm very excited about the Telez signing myself. Any of these guys, if they do well for my favorite team, can they can win me over. Yeah, they can change our minds. So I think Connor Joe for Jake was like, by the end of the year, he's like, you know what? I, I don't hate when he's up to bat. Right. For sure. I mean, like I said earlier, it's a professional bat every time he steps to the plate. Yep. All right. Let's go on to the next question here. Um, we've got Gary Morgan, our friend Gary Morgan, who's also been on the show recently. Um, if you could pluck one player from the entire NL Central contract, and all knowing everything you know, make them a pirate. Who is it? Now, this one, I actually had a little bit of fun looking around. So any of the teams, and, and you know, you can look around at the different teams and see 
you know, who do you like? Who do you don't like? Uh, Milwaukee. I know one, one guy said in the comments, Milwaukee was even like, is it crazy if I say Jackson Chirio? You know what I mean? It's like, he even said, I, I hope somebody would uh, have the guts to say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that might be, that might be good. Yeah. Um, I've seen him play a lot in Biloxi. Did you? Mm-hmm. All right. What do you got? I mean, <laughs> when that dude finds his barrel, <laughs> it's like a freaking cannon goes off. Really? It's a different yeah. sound. It's a different sound. Yeah. Um, this is the number he's, two overall prospect in baseball, guys. Yeah, I mean, he's no joke. I mean, he was playing double A, nineteen years old. Bat sounded different. He's got a cannon. Uh, just my only my only problem that I saw with him is it just seemed like he he had an aura that he gave off that he was bigger than the team. Hmm. So is, is he in double A? <laughs> Sure, well, but well, he's wouldn't... not in Double A anymore. Well, so right, he's already in Triple A. He got moved up towards the end of the year, right? But, but no, he I was said still Jackson, batting, right? Okay, he was still batting like the two hundreds. It's not like it was. Right. He wasn't just flat out raking. You know, he he. I think he started the year off where he hit like six home runs in his first fifteen games or something like that. It's just like rocket after rocket and then it kind of cooled way down he went to a big slump yeah um so some of the numbers he finished in biloxi mm -hmm. 280 336 with an 803 ops mm -hmm. okay he handed he ended with this was in 122 games he ended with 23 doubles and 22 homers 41 walks 103 strikeouts and 43 stolen bases He's fast. So this guy's got all the tools. <laughs> yeah. Um, Position-wise, where was he playing? I want to say he was playing mostly left field and center. Okay. He played mostly left and he played center as well. So this is a guy that could come in and play center field. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like for Nashville, he only played six games. Um, so small sample, but... I mean, 333, 375, 851 OPS. I mean, it's nothing real big. He didn't hit a home run. Um, but he, he was there for six games. So uh as far as the as far as far as the Brewers go, I mean, he's the only guy on that team. Yeah, and to throw this contract in there, he's already got an extension. Yeah, yeah. To do all things, right? Yeah, I mean, I I I that uh, to be honest with you, and I'm and I'm being completely honest. I I think he's the only player on the Brewers mm -hmm. that I would say. I mean, unless you want Vinny Cap, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he's just the only one. Bryce uh, Wilson, Vinny Capra. I'm just kidding. No, there's a Willie Adamas. Is... I mean, the thing is, is like right now, O'Neill Cruz is our shortstop. Right, right. Until he's actually plays his way off a shortstop, he's our shortstop. So if, you're thinking if, pitching? If he does. Um, no, they. they they have another outfielder that's really good. Uh, Garrett Mitchell's been, you know, Yelich. Anderson is there an isn't there an Anderson Brian Anderson or something like that? No, no. Okay. Anyway. So anyway, yeah, that's for me. It's probably that's the guy for the Brewers. Yep. If I'm if I'm picking one, the Cardinals. I'm just not. I'll be honest with you. I'm just not. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt. That's the only one I would do. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Paul Goldschmidt would be an option. Um, man, I really like Dylan Carlson, but I don't think it's there yet. Right. And a lot of their guys, when they come up, they're really good. And they kind of, you know, we're seeing that with Tyler O'Neill. We saw that with Harrison Bader. We saw maybe, maybe Dylan Carlson's going to start that. So you've got a couple, Tommy Edmond a little bit, Paul DeYoung. You know what I'm saying? There's a little bit of a dip that you seem to always get from their players Right, where they come up, and it's so it's like, okay, but I, I'm not really convinced of of uh, what's his name, the huge tall guy Walker. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not convinced yet. Jordan Walker, Jordan Walker, and then you've got Brendan Donovan. Mm -hmm. You've got those kind of guys. That's maybe interesting. And Nolan Gorman. Nolan Gorman is kind really, of one of those like we yeah, don't really mediocre. know yet. Yeah, I mean he could blow up, right? But we don't know yet. And quite frankly, we've got key at, at third, so I'm, I don't care about Arenado. Right. 
obviously the home runs would be great, but yeah, when I'm I mean, looking, he would come over here and play first base. Oh, no, but I mean, maybe unless they just put key at short, right? And then you just then you're going right back to the same thing, right? Um, I, I struggle with the Cubs too, so I I start off with for me Ian Happ. Yeah, I think that's probably a good one. Yeah, I've looked through and I think, man, well, here's one thing you know you're getting from Ian Happ. First off, he's from the Pittsburgh area. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you lean into that stuff because you run into the problem of David Bednar being on your team being all about Pittsburgh. If it gets down to the time that you need to move him, it's not going to be a fan favorite move. Right. So you do, you actually even mess around with Pittsburgh area natives or do you just talk about them coming back? You know what I mean? Yeah. But what you know is we looked up the numbers for Ian Happ with that one time when we were saying this guy's a pirate killer. What we found out is he's an NL central killer, right? The whole NL central central. So yeah, I'm in on Ian Happ. Mm Mm-hmm. He's won two gold gloves since he's moved full-time to left field, but he can still handle center. So I feel like you could just put him in center field, jack and right, let's roll, dude. Yeah. And I think that would be a pretty good fit. Yeah. Um, As far as pitching, I mean, I just don't see anybody on these three. Maybe Sonny Gray. Pluck him from the from the Cardinals as soon as he got there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think there's a theme going here, and I think there's a reason why we waited and I think because when we were talking before, it feels like the Reds have the guys that we would take. Mm-hmm. So who's your guy if you had to pick one? Now, we just did say a couple. So if that changed to Ian Happ after that <laughs> conversation, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, pitching is what we're hurting in. And that's what we need the most of. And you're looking for a number two. Why not go to Cincinnati and take Hunter Green? So one of the questions is, and you knew I was going to play devil mm-hmm. devil's advocate yep. here, is, I'm not sure that he is a number two right now. I think this stuff is there. It hasn't happened yet. And I think that the Reds are hitting a little bit of a panic button right now and thinking that, yeah, we've got all this young pitching, but without veteran leadership there, I don't know. (laughs) And they went out and they got Nick Martinez, and now they've got, they just picked up, um, what's the guy's name? Montas. Frankie Montas. And so you're looking at those two guys, but like, I'm not sure those are the guys either. What those guys are, are are a little bit of veteran presence there, but also movable. Mm -hmm. If they're, if they're young guys come, uh, come to age, I guess you could say, right. Yeah. They're movable. And so maybe that was a smart move on their part doing that. But I mean, Hunter Green's got the stuff, man. Yeah. I personally, I think I like Lodolo out of that group the most. But then he might he may be struggled the most too, and you know <laughs> so I don't really well as far as as far as the health goes anyway. Yeah. Um. So I don't really know, but for me, uh, it's Matt McLean. Uh, he would be my guy. I because I, I I could then use all that second base stuff to move guys around, and I'd trade him. Yeah. I'd trade from Pagaro and Gonzalez. Keep keep Pagaro maybe around because he's a little bit better at short. Then Gonzalez, uh, maybe you you trade high on Gonzalez if you can. Um, it doesn't seem like they're going to give him a shot in Pittsburgh anyway, so <laughs> give him one somewhere else. Yeah. I, I don't know what to, you know what I mean? I don't know what else to say, but uh, Matt McClain, I mean, he did it. He even struggled last year, and his numbers were still good. Mm-hmm. And he's young, and he can play short. He can play second. Um, I don't I don't think we've seen him much at third because they'd always had a guy they moved to third. But if you, I mean, now you've got a backup or true backup for O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. Uh, if Cruz is okay with moving to center field. Oh my gosh. Let's not even talk about that. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You talk about getting that speed out there right. and that arm out in center field. And Matt McLean becomes your shortstop. If I was to pluck a guy, honestly, it might be Matt McLean. That's fair. I think it'd be a lot of fun to see De La Cruz come over too. Sure. And put De La Cruz out in the outfield and then just say like, we have them both now. Right. Right. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, but no, for me, uh, that's where I would go. I think I'd go Matt McLean. I think he'd be the one guy. Yeah. Young just came up. Right. So, you know, maybe there's a little struggle in there. Maybe not. I mean, this guy went straight through. Yeah. So I, it, it is weird that like, I'm just not impressed with a lot of the pitching across the NL Central. Yeah. And so not that I'm like dying to take. <laughs> like there are the young guys there are good. We've got young guys too. We do. They're just not quite there yet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it's also the fact that like I I I am at the position now where these pitchers are getting hurt so often. I just want to bolster my offense. The first things first, let's score runs. We'll deal with our pitching staff later. That's what Baltimore seemed to do. Yeah. And it seems to be working. Now, if they're serious, they got to go out and do something about their starting rotation. Mm-hmm. But their offense is set. They got nothing to worry about. Right. I, me personally, I think I'm like, let's score some runs. And then let's have some fun. And then let's figure out what we need to do on the pitching side because you almost need 10 starters anymore because they're all going to fall apart. Yeah. Completely made of glass. That was a fun exercise, though. I actually like that. Yeah. So let's take our last question here. Um, is there any player in the Pirates organization right now in your eyes poised to have a monster year, defensively, offensively, pitching, uh, or a combination? Like whatever it is. Is there any player in the Pirates organization right now? Now, this is not just at the MLB level. And this comes from Seth Johnson. Um, poised to have a monster year. And this this was our last question. And then and then we'll get out of here. That's kind of a tough one for me. Um, because I will say the person that is, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one to say it. Henry Davis. He's going to show everybody in Pittsburgh that he can catch, that he mm-hmm. can be a serviceable catcher, and because he just gets to relax and catch, his offense blows up. I think offensively you should see something better from him this year anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, last year he's learning right field and still working on catching every day. There was a lot if I was Henry Davis, I would have done a lot of work in right field this offseason mm-hmm. as well as catching because I could have. Right. You don't want to be doing all that stuff during the season. Um, he should have been working on it. Uh, maybe even f- fielding balls at first base, even though I, I would hate to put that arm at first. Um, especially considering that maybe blocking the ball is not a strong suit. <laughs> so I don't know how well that translates to first base anyway. But either way, his bat needs to be in the lineup he needs to hit. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good call. I think that's I think that's good. He's he's almost has to. He doesn't quite have to, but he almost has to. In order for us to be really good, he has to. I I do I do like the fact that he has to do it. Yeah, no matter I do what, too. he's got to do it. We're gonna find out whether he's a catcher or whether he needs to move. Well, I think when you draw, you you look for silver linings and all the dark clouds and all those things, right? Obviously, Andy Rodriguez being hurt is a bad thing. The good thing is, is you have a year now. Mm-hmm. I think that this needs to be defining year. He's either a, a catcher or he's not. And right. we should find out by the end of 2024. Yeah. I, I, that's what I would do. Um, for me, I, I told you before we started, or well, in the middle of this thing, that I'm kind of high on Bubba Chandler right now. And I, I think that might be it. I mean, I think when they told him to put the bat down... He kind of took off a little bit, and he still struggled a little here and there. But, man, if he gets that, if things click a little more the second year working only on pitching, I think he could be really special and somebody that you could be looking at, you know, we think we know, but my goodness, could you imagine in 25, 26, we're looking at Skeens, Jared Jones, Bubba Chandler, Mitch Keller, maybe, if there's an extension in the play. Holy cow. Like, you're starting... Is Quinn Priester in that mix? Is, uh, you know, any of these other number of guys? Is Solomito probably, you know, maybe, I don't know. You know, how many of these guys are in the mix there? If we trade for a guy like Luzardo, he would still be around. And you start to say, like, this could be scary. Right. This could be a strength of this team at that point. If that all happens. Now, there was a lot of names there. (laughs) <laughs> Only five of them, six of them maybe, have to actually work. Right. So there's a lot of upside that could still be there when you really think about it and start to say, like, if I can only name five, that's probably not good enough. But we can name more than that. Right. And that's a good thing. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with Bubba Chandler. I think he's going to turn a lot of heads. I think he's going to say, all right, this guy actually might debut this year at the end of the year. You know what I'm saying? He's already double A. I could see him move to triple A this year, and I could see him 2025. He's on this team. I mean, I'm, I'm not 
making claims that he's there opening right, day. I right. still think you need to make sure that he's not getting injured. I think it's going to be very important that they realize that we have to step up our innings, yeah. not just go to 177 and two thirds and have a guy have to get Tommy John. Right. That was pretty specific, but <laughs> anyway, um, it's cold down here. We've got family upstairs yeah. and it is our time. So I will say right before we get out pirates fest this weekend, is it the weekend? Uh, yeah, because like this this goes out Monday, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, the yeah, first, yeah. and it's the sixth. Yep, yep. So it's coming up this weekend. So if you're gonna be at Pirate Fest, hit me up um on the Bridge to Bucktober Twitter. Uh, because I will be going. And a lot of our family's going. Yeah. Um, but I'll be there. You'll obviously be yeah. back back home down south. So mm-hmm. uh you won't be there, but yeah, I'll be there. Uh so hit me up yeah. and then we'll figure something out but this was a good time good to be it's fun it's like it's good to sit in the same room and do this yeah but at the same time it's almost impossible to do anything without technical difficulties (laughs) so hopefully there's video if not it's a podcast after all right glad you guys are listening (laughs) let's go bucks yeah let's go bucks thanks for listening to my dad and uncle jake on the bridge to bucktober podcast Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two October. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!